Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Today's gonna be awesome. So excited to have you guys with us this morning here at Thrive and uh, very excited to continue our series uh, called Fear Not. We're gonna conclude our Christmas series today. Um, But before I begin, I just wanna uh, give a shout out to uh, the outreach team and really the house. We have adopted just shy of 75 kids this Christmas for Christmas wishes. Isn't that awesome? Come on, isn't that great? That's gonna be like two, 300 plus gifts for all these kids around the city. And we get to love on them and show them the love of Jesus in a practical way. And so if you forgot to buy your gifts, make sure you go to that table and drop them off. Or um, if you forgot to buy them, make sure you go buy them and schedule a time to drop them off because we wanna make sure every kid that was adopted gets gifts this Christmas. And I, I just love it because it's a, it's a great way to just show people really in a time of need and, and, and sometimes the holiday seasons are hard, right? Christmas season is hard for some families. Um, we can really show them the love of Jesus in a practical way, right? Yeah? Cool. And so thank you guys. That's just so awesome that our church, our house is just generous. It's just what we do. And I'm believing that next year we're going to double that amount of kids. Amen? Come on. We're going to believe we're going to come out of this COVID thing. We're going to start growing. We're going to start giving more. We're going to start reaching more people. We're going to start doing all that God has for us in the future. And so very excited. Do me a favor. Stand to your feet. Come on. Stand to your feet. And we're going to go ahead and read the word this morning. We're going to go into the book of Luke chapter 2. The book of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 17. And you can read it on the screen or you can read it in front of your phone or your Bible, whatever the case may be in front of you. All right, here we go. And it says this, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse nine, verse nine. And it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Everybody say afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God into the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, so they hurried off found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what has been told to them about this child. Jesus, right now we just pray that in this season, this Christmas season, God, that we would center our lives around you. And that Jesus, we would remind ourselves that it's not about everything else that's happening, but but God, it's really about what you've done for us. So I pray this morning that we would have ears to hear, our hearts would listen, doesn't matter how old or young we are, and that Jesus, you would speak to us and you would continue to teach us and call us higher and have us follow you the way you've called us to follow you. I pray that God, you would speak to your church and you would speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, 
Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. And so this morning, first service was awesome, and we're just going to jump right into it, this service. Uh, love really what I believe God is doing in this house, and really what I believe in this season, uh, even this series, I believe is super significant and powerful, um, not just because we're talking about it, but I really believe it's relevant um, to what's happening today. And so today I'm excited because I don't just get to preach to adults, but I'm gonna preach to the little ones and preach to some young people as well. And we're just gonna go for it. And so um, we're gonna continue our series called Fear Not, right? Everybody say Fear Not. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about fear. We've been talking about how fear can control your life or fear will try to control your life. And right in this last two years, maybe, um, more than ever, the topic of fear, I believe, has been prevalent, really, at least in my lifetime, where maybe not since the whole, really, 9-11, that, that the fear level has risen but how many know that if you wanna follow Jesus in the way that you're called to follow Jesus, if you wanna serve God in the way you're called to serve God, if you wanna reach people and you wanna do what God has called you to do, you cannot do it in fear. Fear and your life cannot mix when it comes to doing all that God has for you and I. And one of the reasons I'm really excited in particular for today is that I love that all the families are together today. I know sometimes we need adult church because sometimes kids don't need to hear what adults are talking about. You know what I'm saying? Right? You, you know how you send your kids to the room and you're like, hey, we're going to have adult talk and you, you, you send them away. I get it. And then kids, I get it. I know you don't think this is too fun either. That's why next, in a couple weeks, you'll be back there anyways. You'll be good. Promise. But it's really, really important that especially here at Thrive, one of our main focuses is family and relationships. It's really important to do things together as a family unit. It's really important to prioritize our relationship with Jesus with our kids together. Coming from, from someone who, who is a dad, knowing that I need to raise my kid, not just based on my relationship with Jesus, but raise my kids so that way they can have a relationship with Jesus and that we as a family unit can all follow the way. And so these moments are really critical. I believe in developing what I believe are healthy families who follow Jesus that we would do it together, that we would create worship moments together. And so that's why the candlelight experience at the end of the service is gonna be awesome, where we're gonna worship Jesus together as a family with all our kids. And some of us are in the rows right now. We're uh, multi-generational. We got grandparents, we got the kids, we got the grandkids, we got everyone. And I just love that. And I love that because can I be honest, um, not only is it a beautiful sight, like it's really beautiful to see, but also I believe, and it's gonna tie into the message today, that there is such an attack on the family in today's society, especially a family that's choosing to follow Jesus. There's an attack on the family unit. And I don't know about you, but it's hard sometimes to follow Jesus today. Okay, not saying that's an excuse to not follow him, just saying it's a reality, right? But uh, how, how many know that even though it's dark, that doesn't mean we're meant to shy away, that, that we shine brighter in dark places. We do, we shine brighter in dark places. And, and I know there's people in droves moving out of California, but I'm just gonna believe that God's not done with California yet. Like, don't get me wrong, Cal but California's crazy. They, they, we, we, are, we do the most in this state, let's just be honest. Like we're just doing things. 
that don't even make sense sometimes. But I truly believe with all my heart that God wants to use our church and God wants to use this place and God wants to use people who love Jesus to really reach people in this area. And so today, what I wanna talk about is the topic of fear, but really how we cannot let culture scare us into our relation, away from our relationship with Jesus, okay? We cannot let culture, we cannot let society scare us or detour us in our walk, in the way we raise our kids, and the way we pursue God. And, and I wrote this down. I, every week when I preach, I, I ask the Holy Spirit, like, what, what's the main point you want to get across? Like, what, what do you really want to say? So I wrote it down. I want to make sure I don't mess it up because he's the one that's saying it, not me, right? And I, I feel like for, for us today, it's this. It's that do not let your current reality determine your relational pursuit. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all maybe not got it. It's okay. Don't let your current reality determine your relational pursuit of Jesus. Do not let what's around you decide how you pursue Jesus on the inside of you. Do not let what's happening around you, don't let culture, don't let social media, don't let society dictate how you are gonna worship God, how you're gonna serve God, how you're gonna love God, how you're gonna choose Jesus. You cannot let everything happening on the outside dictate what God's doing on the inside. I know y'all thought it was gonna be a cute Christmas message. That's okay. The kids sang last week. You missed it, but it's good. I really feel this in my heart. I really feel this, not, not just because of um, that it's just Christmas time, but, but more than that, I, I really feel like, I, and, and as I was even preaching the past service, I, I, started, I started getting stirred up a little bit with this idea that um, what if God can find people who really are just after him? And what if we can be the exception and the example? What if you and I can be the exception that yes, we're doing everything different and it doesn't look like how the world looks like and it doesn't look like how society would tell us how it should look like and, and we're raising our kids different and, and we're choosing Jesus instead of choosing all the other stuff that the rest of, of, of everyone else decides and, and what if we can be the exception but then also be the example of what it's like to be healthy, what it's like to be whole, what it's like to, to be a light in a dark place. And then I just think, what if God decided that Thrive was that place? And what if our families were these families? What if this Christmas season, our families, our homes were not just homes where Christmas parties happened and that cookies were cut and that, and that cake was eaten and all the fun Christmas stuff and the wrapping paper and all that. But what if they were beacons? What if they were lighthouses? What if they were places where people can see, really, where people can see your life and be like, ooh, there's something different about you. And some of us, listen, I know it's hard. Because some of us are new to this thing, are new to following Jesus, have, have just really started. But, but can I tell you that I believe in this season that the reason why God wants to get fear out of your life is because he's trying to take you into somewhere new. And if we're going to talk about like the cliche going into the new year, right? It's, it's like every year, New Year's resolutions, all that good stuff. But no, let's just be honest. If you have fear, if you're struggling with things in your life that are holding you back, you're not gonna be able to do what God has for you next. Doesn't matter if it's New Year's or it's not New Year's. And it's up to us to decide if we're gonna leave Whatever happened in 2021 and 2020, I said this a couple days ago with some friends, that it feels like 2020 and 2021 were the same year. Come on, right? 
It just feels like they, they I, like however old you are, if you're 40, you're really 38. Let's just be honest. The last two birthdays do not count. Can I get a witness? It's like that, that, that doesn't matter. Unless you got something really cool or you went on a trip, then they count, whatever, it's cool. But can we let that go? And can we let Jesus do what he wants to do in our life? And so a couple weeks ago, we talked about how we can't fear the unknown with Mary. Last week, we talked about how we can't fear what people think. We can't fear man with Joseph. And today, as we talk about the shepherds, we're talking about how we cannot fear what society and culture tells us because they will. Society and culture will try to dictate your relationship with Jesus. They will try to get involved. They will try to get invested. And, and I don't think it's on purpose, but the enemy will use what's around you to try to detour you of what God really wants in your life. But I believe that this example, we're gonna jump into it in just a minute with the shepherds, is a great example, is a great just, just uh, analogy of, of what it looks like to choose Jesus no matter what, to worship God no matter what, to follow Jesus no matter what. Does that make sense? And so I wanna just go to my first point, which is this, is that you cannot fear your calling. You cannot fear your calling. I wanna to talk to the young ones in the room for a minute, okay? The littles, all the littles wave at me. If you're like under 10, wave at me, come on. Under 10, under 10, under 10, under 10. Yeah, yeah, knuckles. Nice, dude. All right, can I, can I tell you something? And, and parents, I, you gotta, I'm gonna say some things and I believe you just gotta tell your kids this too, that God's called you to do something amazing in your life. If you're, if you're and, and even if you're older, you can take this for you too. That's okay, you can steal it. But if you're little, I want you to know that God has called you to do something amazing in your life. I want, I want you to know that you're here for a reason. I want you to know that you're not an accident. I want you to know that God loves you. And I want you to know that he's called you for something beautiful and special. I believe that with all my heart, that he's called you for something amazing. In the story, the shepherds, right? Just, just you, you read the story and the Bible says that the shepherds, they're just kind of hanging out. They're kind of hanging out in the fields of Bethlehem and, and they're just doing their job. And imagine like you're just at work, you're working at Walmart or you're working at Taco Bell or you're working at In-N-Out. And I don't know why I always mention fast food restaurants, but I just do, right? It is what it is. And, and you're, just, you're just doing what you're doing. You're working on your computer or you're driving your truck and out of nowhere, bam, an angel shows up. I don't know about you, but half of us would think it's the devil right away. They'd be like, nope, I'm not ready for that. An angel, bam, shows up in your, your house or your room or whatever. And, and, and the Bible says that they just show up. And the Bible says that they're scared out of their minds that this angel showed up. That the angel has to tell them, don't be scared. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. You want to know why? That he had to tell him, I bring you good news. One, because there was good news coming. But two, in the Old Testament, when angels showed up, it wasn't always good news. It wasn't like, like some scholars even believe that one of the reasons why potentially the shepherds were so scared was because they were scared that, that that sign of an angel was a sign of judgment, was a sign of like them in their sin. But no, the angel comes and says, hey, I came to bring you some good news. There's going to be a baby born and his name's going to be Jesus and he's going to be the God of the universe and he's coming down to earth and you're invited. Any of you ever get invited to a party and you're like, what, I got invited? I gotta go shopping, yo. Shoot, JCPenney, I'm just kidding. Anybody, right, you get invited. 
let's flip it. Anybody not get invited to a party and you were saltier than the saltiest salt you've ever tasted in your life? Some of you right now have to repent because your boss didn't invite you and you're still salty. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But, but they get invited to this amazing thing. They get invited to this historic moment. Listen, let me explain why this is such a big deal. Let me explain why we celebrate this every year during Christmas, not because of Santa or anything. We, we celebrate Jesus because you have to understand that God, God of the universe, the God that created the heavens and the earth on day one, two, three, four, five, and six, and rested on day seven, the God who decided how many hairs are on your head, the God who decided how long you would be, how short would you be, the color of your skin, the God that decided to create your pinky toe, the God that decided to tell the mountains how high, the God that decided to tell the sand where to stop and the oceans where to stop, the God that created the entire universe, the stars, the heavens, the earth, the God that created everything decided decided to become human. He wasn't human, but he decided to become human. So that way you and I can have a relationship with him. God wasn't one day in heaven bored thinking I need another project. And let's just do it during Christmas. God said, no, I have a plan because for thousands of years, humanity has not been able to be close with me. And so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come down in a way that no one expected. I'm not gonna come down in power. I'm not gonna come down as a king. I'm gonna come down as a baby and I'm gonna live a normal life and I'm gonna live the life that no one else would expect. And then I'm gonna do miracles and then I'm gonna show them that I'm real. And then to show them I love them, I'm gonna die for them on a cross. And then to show them that I meant it, I'm gonna resurrect on the third day. This is the gospel that God loves us so much that he decided to come down as a little baby and live his life so that way you and I can be close to him. The shepherds get invited to this moment. The shepherds get invited to this historic worship moment that only a few people were invited. Mary was there, Joseph was there, the Magi was there, the shepherds were there, and then a couple donkeys. You know what I'm talking about? But I love it because what the shepherds had to do is say yes to the calling. And if you're in here, I want you to know that God is calling you right now. God might be calling you a young person, little, 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 God is already, I know God speaks to you. I, I know that God speaks to our kids here at Thrive because my wife leads kids. And my wife talks to Jesus. My wife talks to Jesus more than I talk to Jesus. Let me be honest. I'm just being like, how many of you got a good wife that like loves God more than you? You need a good wife that loves God more than you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and, and listen, I know that Holy Spirit's speaking to you. I know you might not even know, but I know that God's speaking to you. Any parents, you know what I'm talking about? Your kid just like go home one day and start talking about all the things they're doing with Jesus and God and church. And you're like, what the heck? That's like more than I even know. Like, really? That's in the Bible? And you like fact check them, right? You know what I'm talking about? I want you to know that you have to remember this, that say yes when God calls you and don't be scared of the calling of God on your life. Don't be scared when God calls you. Don't be scared when he chooses you. Don't be scared when he's calling you higher. And, and, and parents, some of y'all gotta tell your kids that. 
Some of us gotta speak into our kids in this season. Some of us gotta cast out that fear out their life and tell them, no, there's something different. There's something unique. There's something special. And your kids are gonna come to you and be like, well, dad, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Billy's parents let them do that. Or Billy's parents let them do this, da, 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 whatever. And you're just gonna be like, son, I don't know what Billy parents do, but you and I and us, this house, we're gonna serve Jesus. And I know it's different. And I know it looks weird but it's gonna be okay. One day it's gonna make sense. You gotta trust me. We're gonna do this all the way. See, some of you little ones, you're in here because your parents decided to choose Jesus and no one in their family has ever chosen Jesus except for them. So now you get to be raised up in church, which is so cool. And I know it's different. I know sometimes you're thinking, why are we at church like all the time? Why do I gotta wake up early? Although it's 1130, so that doesn't really happen in this service. That's for, the, that's for the 10 a.m. Why do we gotta do this? Why do we gotta do that? Because you're called. Because there's something different. But because, because God loves us and God chose us and God, and God sacrificed for us. And so we're gonna give our whole life to him. And I know it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all right. Make sense? Number two, you cannot fear, do not fear your status. Let me talk to the young people in the room, young adults, youth, I'm not gonna put an age on that because I'm not trying to get in trouble, okay? I want you to know that you can't fear your status. You cannot fear your status. I, I remember um, when I first got saved, right? So I got saved uh, 16 years ago. Come on, August was 16 years. Thank you, Jesus. Because I was messed up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember like how you were before you met Jesus? You were a mess. Okay, so I get saved. I get like saved, saved, hardcore saved. Like I'm gonna follow Jesus with my whole life saved, okay? And, and then I, I get really discipled at this small, small Hispanic church. And it was funny, I actually was talking to a friend of mine about a couple weeks ago. And this friend of mine asked me, Pastor Chris, how did you know you were called to be a pastor? And I said, well, I got saved. And when I got saved, I wanted to follow Jesus. And I just decided to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And I did everything I can do to follow Jesus. So I was at church like every day. I was at church on Monday. Um, I was at church on Tuesday for Bible study. I was at church on Wednesday for youth. I was in church on Thursday for the discipleship program. They called it catechism, but it wasn't Catholic. So that doesn't make sense. Um, I was at church on Friday. I was at church on Saturdays to clean. Like I was at church every day. And then I was at church Sunday, both services and the evening. And they were all different messages. Y'all ain't ready. That's like old, anybody grow up old school Hispanic church, you know what I'm talking about? Shoot. And then you did lunch with everyone because it was like 40 of us. I was there all day. And so I would go on Friday nights to a prayer meeting. I think I've shared the story before already. I would go to Friday nights to a prayer meeting and my pastors were like in their mid sixties and, and it would just be me. I was 12 and my pastors and we would all be praying. I'm not going to lie to you. Half the time, we would fall asleep. I'm just being honest, right? They were old. I was just, I like sleeping. That's just how it is. I, I tell people I'm not a pastor until after 12 anyways. So like, I just, I just like naps, right? And so I remember one day waking up in that prayer meeting and being so like upset that I fell asleep. <laughs> and I remember my pastor telling me, he said, Chris, that's okay. He said, mijo, that's okay. It's better to fall asleep in God's house than to fall asleep in a bed of sin. Ooh, that could preach, huh? That's not even part of the message. That's just for free. I feel like someone needed to hear that one. So I was like, okay. So I, I just kept coming back. But just me and the pastors, me and the pastors. And one day um, I asked my pastor, um, oh, so how was work today? And he was, like, he was like, oh, it was good, mijo. And I was like, okay, cool. I was 12. And I said, well, 
um, where do you work at? And he goes, what do you mean where I work at? And I was like, yeah, like, where do you work at? What do you do for a living? And he was like, Mio, like, I work here. And I was like, what do you mean you work here? I was just saved for about a good, like, nine months at this time. He's like, I work, I work here. And I was like, here, like, like in Whittier? Because I grew up in Whittier, right? I, I was like, in Whittier? And he's like, no, no, like, I work at the church. And I said, hold on. You work at the church? Like, what do you do? And he goes, this. And I was like, this? Like, like you're getting paid to do this right now? Like, to go to the prayer meeting? And he was like, well, not necessarily, but yeah, like I get paid to pastor. I get paid to preach and I get paid to pastor and, and I get paid to do meetings. And I'm like, wait, time out. You get paid to love Jesus? And he was like, yeah. He's like, why is this such a, he was like, why is this such a big deal? And I was like, nothing. I left that prayer meeting. I said, I want to be a pastor. I want to get paid to do that. And so that's how I felt called. Like some people think an angel showed up like it did to the shepherds or some people thought I had this crazy prophetic moment at an altar call or I went to a conference. No, I heard my pastor got paid and I was like, I wanna get paid to love Jesus. That sounds like the best job ever. It really did to me. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't need to be a pastor to work for Jesus, okay? Some of you could still have your job and still work for Jesus. It's cool. I learned that later. But in my young naiveness, and I think God was just using it to call me close to him, man. And who would have thought that I would have my own church one day? Come on. Who would have ever thought that I would be doing the things that I was doing at 12 years old to now? And so um, I remember that day. I get, I, I feel, I go home and I say, you know what? I'm gonna be a pastor. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that for the rest of my life. I wanna be a pastor. I don't, know, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know if I have to go to China or I have to go to Bible college or whatever I have to do. I'm gonna be a pastor. That's what I'm gonna do. And I felt so excited. You ever have God tell you something or share something with you or you got a dream in your heart and you're so excited? And then you know what happens the next day? The enemy starts whispering in your ear and starts telling you you're unqualified. That's exactly what happened. The next day, that's on a Friday, Saturday. I don't know why I start getting all these thoughts of you're not good enough. You can never be a pastor. Don't you know who your dad is? Don't you know who your mom is? Don't you know that, that, that you've only been saved for this long? Don't you know how young you are? Don't you know, uh, da, 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 at 12 years old, right? Don't you know who your parents were? Don't you know who your grandparents were? Don't you know this? Don't you? And, and, and out of nowhere, immediately, this bombardment on my life. You know why? Because if, God, if the enemy can scare you away from your calling, he wins. If the enemy can scare you away of your pursuit of Jesus, he wins. And what will the enemy do? The enemy will try to, in your status, he will try to give fear based on where you're at. That's what he'll do. You know why? Because the enemy can't, remind, can't tell you the future. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, meaning that he's the only one that knows what's happened, what's going on, and what's gonna happen next. So the enemy can only remind you of your past and the enemy can only remind you of what's happened and the, only, the enemy can only remind you of what's gone on before because that's the only authority he has because that's all he knows. This is why the enemy can never tell you about your future because he doesn't know your future. Only God knows your future. And only God can call you higher. And only God can give you the dreams of God's heart. And only he can do something in you that no one else can do in you. I love this, that in the story in Luke, the Bible says that the angel 
invites the shepherds. The Bible says that the angel invites these shepherds who are the lowest of low of society. They're the bottom of the bottom. People always forget about them. Even in the Old Testament, David was a shepherd boy. And the Bible says it was actually the same fields in Bethlehem that when David was called, that, that these shepherds found out about the Jesus being born as well, right? And so literally when, when David was being called in the Old Testament, they had a party for this prophet to come and they totally forgot about David. It's like forgetting one of your kids at Disneyland or forgetting them in the car. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. It's happened. You walk away a little bit and you start counting and you're like, whoa, I had five brothers in my life. One always got forgotten. It just was it just what happened. David is forgotten in the story, but God calls the one who's lost in the field. God decides to choose David who wasn't invited to the party. And in the same way, God calls the shepherds who never get invited to anything. And you know what that tells me? That God does not interested in your status to do something for him. God is not interested in what you're doing. God is not interested in where you're at. Yes, you gotta work hard. And yes, you gotta do what he's called you to do. But God does not qualify you because you're qualified. God qualifies you most of the time because you're unqualified. God oftentimes will call you to do things that don't make sense. Why? Because you're not even supposed to do it in the first place. That's why it's called a miracle. That's why he's gonna position you to do something you never thought because you're not supposed to be the one to do it. So that way when people see it, they're like, it has to be Jesus. It has to be Jesus. Like when your coworkers see you and you're not cussing up a storm and you're not drinking and you're not turning up and you're not doing all the things you used to do or your family this Christmas doesn't see you the way you used to turn up last Christmas, they'd be like, you must know Jesus because something's really different with you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you, you used to be a mess. What happened? Hey, let me tell you about what God did in my life. Let me tell you what Jesus has done. Let me tell you about this church that I go to. Let me tell you about all the things that Jesus is doing. Let me tell you how my kids are different now. Let me tell you about how my work is different now. Let me tell you about how my mind is at peace now. I, used, I didn't used to sleep, but now I can sleep again. My marriage was a mess, but let me tell you what God did in my marriage. Let me tell you about what God's doing in my life, that it couldn't be you. It had to be him. See, Jesus isn't looking for status. Jesus is just looking for people who are willing. And so do not be scared of your status, especially if you're a young person in the room. Do not be scared of where you're at now and let that determine where you're going. If you would choose Jesus wholeheartedly, I promise you, he will lead your steps every step of the way. Last point. You guys good? Last point, if I could have the worship team come on up, it'd be great. And I'm speaking to everyone, but I want to speak to the adults in the room just real fast. Do not fear your past. Like I previously mentioned a minute ago, the enemy will use your past. He will try to remind you of what you've done. He will try to remind you of who you used to be. He will try to remind you of the mistakes you made. And he's sneaky, man. And, and you know what? This is even what culture does. This is how culture dictates, right? Culture will try to release fear into your status because, right, if you haven't made it like the world standards, you don't matter. Culture will try to second guess your calling and culture will try to bring back your past. I don't know if you know this, but there's this whole movement of 
and I didn't say this first service, but I think it's gonna click a little bit more for this service. There's this whole movement of people, like it's particularly with celebrities. Now don't get me wrong, a lot of celebrities are dumb. <laughs> Let's just be honest. And they do some really bad things. But there's this whole movement right now of people bringing back like tweets from 10 years ago. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's new. Like it's totally brand new. Back in the day, like when things would go down and someone did something wrong, the only people that knew were like on the block because everyone had like phones, like not, not cell phones, but like the regular phones with like the dial, you know what I'm talking about? And I know I'm not old enough to like know what they are, but I've seen them in movies, you know what I'm saying? Now, someone messes up, everyone and their mother and cousin and everyone knows. Like everyone knows the tea. Everyone knows it's real. And you know what? That's like what the enemy does. The enemy will come and right here in worship, come on, come on, you know what I'm talking about? You're in worship, you're in worship. You're just worshiping Jesus. Because right now you're trying to choose God. Right now you're trying to do the right thing. Right now you're trying to live your life to follow Jesus. And you know what will happen randomly? You're in worship and God's trying to speak to you. And I don't know where you get this like random memory of your past. I don't know where you get this random memory of what you did years ago. And it, 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 it messes with you, right? You're trying to raise your kids the right way. And then the enemy starts saying, why, how can you raise your kids like that? You weren't raised like that. How can you raise your kids like that? You didn't do that. How, you, you can't. And he'll try to remind you. But can I tell you that I came to tell someone today that you don't have to be scared of your past anymore. And I'm not saying what you did in the past was okay. And I'm not saying what you did in the past, God's fine with. That's not true. And some of you might have to reconcile some things. I understand that. But what you have to know is that Jesus didn't die so that way you can hold on to the things that kept you bound in the past. That if Jesus forgives you, you have to forgive you too. Come on, and I, 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 came, I feel like I came to tell someone that today because you have been living a life bound because you feel like you can't let go of what's happened before. But I came to tell you that Jesus has already made you free if you're willing to accept it. And I know, I know you thought you were gonna come and hear the Christmas story. And maybe you only came because that cousin or neighbor or family member kept bugging you to come. Or maybe you thought the candlelight thing would be cute. No, I believe that God wanted to get someone's attention. I believe for someone in this room or watching online, you have been struggling with your past. And because you've been struggling with your past so much, you keep returning to the things of your past. You keep going back to the things that you used to deal with because that's all you know. You keep reverting back to the original thing that God already set you free from. I imagine the shepherds in this moment wondering why Jesus, while the angel, why God would ask them to join the party. And I can imagine the shepherds thinking, why, why would he choose us? Why would he choose us? We're shepherds. We don't mount anything. We don't know anything. We, no one talks to us. And I can imagine in that moment, they're probably having to make sure that they are choosing they, they write, the Bible says they talked together. They talked amongst themselves. And then they said, the Bible says they decided to go worship God, to go see this baby in a manger. As some of you today, 
have to make that same decision. Some of us have, today have to make the decision to choose Jesus instead of our past. Because once you have to let the past, once you get healed of the past, you have to let the past go. You have to let it go. You have to decide, I'm not gonna let the fear of my past dictate my future anymore. I'm not gonna let the fear of what I did or what was done to me determine my walk with Jesus anymore. I'm not gonna let the blinders of fear control my life anymore. And so like the shepherds, you and I have a decision to make. We have to choose to worship Jesus. And so in a, in a minute, we're gonna get ready to do the candlelight part of our service. And the Bible says in John chapter one, that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And then a little bit later in John chapter one, it says, and that, that, that Jesus, that the word was the light of the world. See, the reason why we do this candlelight experience is because on Christmas, the light came into darkness. This, it's, it's, it's a symbolism. It's a, it's a symbol of reminding us that one, Jesus came down. Two, that his light is greater than any darkness in our life. And three, if there is darkness in our life, that that light can cast out any fear and any darkness. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.